This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. They've already had four hours, but there's always more that goes into every show. This is Emerging Podcast Scene. Brought to you by our good friends, at Extend Technologies, Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. For audio, for visual, for home, for life, for everything, Extend Technologies and Broadview Heights. First, you go to the website, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Then, if you want your patio redone, or if you want a patio of your dreams in general, you get to extend technologies to better than anybody else out there. Lima and I know from experience, because Lima has been... To the showroom, he's seen the bells and whistles for himself. He has seen the tunable spectrum technology. And what's incredible is right now as I'm looking at homes, have you heard the end of the show today? Oh, God. Uh, we went off on that, and I know we'll be talking about a lot more because you're, you're, you're basically going to be hearing about this all the time in the news now uh, because it's, it's become a national story I'm and now all the local affiliates doing it. But every time I look at a house now, I'm looking at the basement going, oh, my God, what could they do if Tony took three steps in here what would he do? What would his vision be? And he works with your vision. That's what's amazing. So your you, vision. you can plot something out and really you can get whatever whatever you want. There is no limit. And those TVs, the 4K, the 8K, more affordable than ever before. And that's going to be important in this whole process. Guys, it's really life the way you want it with the wonderful folks at Extend Technologies. Again, online first, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. All right. So speaking of that, I, I am. I'm really nervous. I'm like nervous for you. Because when I see that story from Apple money about people having FOMO, like they're just they're signing away their lives for fear of missing out on, on what? On how and I know that you say and I, I believe it's true. I do believe it's true. Like people moving from California and New York to different parts of Chicago the country. Chicago too. Chicago too. I've seen I've seen a t- I have friends that are moving home from Chicago because they know they can get something way more affordable here. Their companies have eased up on how often they have to actually be at the corporate office or the office in Chicago or same thing in New York and even L.A. And they are like, why would I pay all of this, the taxes? When, yeah, they lo- they loved California. My other friends in New York, they love New York. 
But now if they want to be closer, start to raise a family and be around their parents, be around family, yeah. now is the time. And so you're having not only I'm competing with those people, which you're really not in competition because they're just going to have more cash if they were homeowners, but you're also competing against some empty nesters mm-hmm. who are looking at the same type of a size house. It's, it's really insanity. First-time home buyers, like these are who I'm competing with. And so when I tell you that home uh, near West Side that had th- th- 31 it's, offers and went for 70 over asking. So <laughs> my God. five years ago when I'm buying my first home, like I looked at it like a prospector, and I know that's impossible right now. So I I don't like to I don't like to bust your balls about it a lot just because. One time, Lima told me a story. Lima started to tell me how he was looking for a home, and I got really excited and I started saying things I liked about homes and not necessarily what Lima looks for in a home. So I'm very sensitive towards Lima's. I don't want to push Lima away from conversations like that before, but at that time I just wanted a party pad. Yeah, it's just different now. It's just so different now, and I like the things that I went into looking for when we got the home in North Ridgeville, and I I did a couple of things to it. To I knew it wasn't going to be forever. I knew it wasn't going to be forever. I didn't realize it was going to be two years, mm-hmm. but I knew it wasn't going to be forever to where it is now. And when I bought the house two years ago, almost three years ago, two years ago. Um, in North in Streetsboro, it's just totally different from where it is now. So any advice, it's just like, no, I can share my experience. I have no advice. I have none because I, I didn't have to deal with that mm. as a seller, as a first time buyer, as a second time buyer. I didn't listen. I didn't have to deal with any of that. Yeah. None of it. And I, I told I, I told you the story and I may have even told it on this podcast already. And I hope I didn't because it's only the third episode of this where I called their real estate agent over the house we bought in Streetsboro, mm-hmm. and I was not – every now and then, I'm not a very nice person. I was not very nice that day when I finally got tired of – because Liz got very emotional over that house and wanted that house very badly, and I got very agitated that it felt like my wife was being put through the ringer. And so I made a – You stepped just, up. It wasn't a threatening – no, it wasn't a threatening a call. good I just, husband. You stepped up. Yeah, I just – I said basically, like, this is the way it is, and I'll walk away. And they told me what I'd stood to lose, and I said when you basically say I don't give a bleep to them, and it changes. Yeah. Because I, I got – I just was so mad. I knew they'd blink, and they did. I, I just knew they would, and they did, and I – because I was angry about it. And I – listen, I'm not – I'm not the. I'm, it's not the art of the deal. You, there's people in this building who would tell you certainly I'm not the best negotiator in the world, but I'm certainly. I don't think I'm the worst. In that case, it Man, is. I the, was mad. It is the God. I was pissed. It's the Thunderdome right now. It is, and you know, if you're desperate to get a house, you know, it's easy. Kenny Kitt at the end of the show said, "Just don't buy now." Easy in theory. Mm-hmm. It's been very easy for me for 40 years not to buy. It's been well, very easy. He didn't make it that simple. He's just like, if you can. Just wait it out, and I'm like, I totally agree with Kenny. Oh, I, but I also don't think, yeah. I don't believe that there is going to be this drastic going the other way, like housing values are going to go down all of a sudden. I don't think that's happening either. I think we're at a rate, an uncomfortable rate right now that is being exacerbated mm-hmm. right now because of this, this once-in-a-lifetime freakish situation after a pandemic. I think there is – this time right now that that is that is an unhealthy time. But I think the reshuffling is going to take a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Because I I do think there's people who are like, you know what, we live in L.A., we're going to stick it out here, da, 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 da. and then in six months from now, 
they might be hearing about how great how great life is in in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and in Cleveland, Ohio. Because that it, that does make me excited as a person from Northeast Ohio that there could be very well be people who have moved away for business purposes. They they go to college, they move away, and now they're they're able to work remotely. And it's like, do I want to do this in New York or do I want to go back home? And so that makes me excited. Honestly, for the community. That makes me excited because you know more money in the area in the area is not a bad thing. So I'm happy about that. For it's just for not great for people like County. me. <laughs> it sucks not, to be you. I'm sorry that, about that. That sucks to be a lot of people because we, every day I'm hearing stories of people that feel like they got no chance. Yeah, but, they got no chance. They've got not enough money, and they are really being restricted uh, on on what they're going to be able to get into, yeah. as opposed to what it would have been like a year ago. I do feel sympathy for people like you and for people who, other people who are definitely going through what you're going through, but at the same time, I'm hoping in five to ten years it makes the city better. I really do. And the the area better. Yeah, the be county great. better and things like that. So, in Northeast Ohio, not just not just Canton, not just uh, Cleveland, but Canton, Akron, Youngstown, especially Youngstown, uh, a lot better, but... Um, I'm sure that'll get brought up a bunch during this. I got something I got to get off my chest here. So I was listening. You know, I like I like Will Brinson and I like uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Wilson and I like John Breach and and all those guys over at the Pick Six Podcast from CBS. And I was catching up on a couple of episodes. They had a guy named Brian Diarco, I think his name is. I hope I'm saying that right. And I got a little bit. I could understand where he was coming from a little bit, but I got a little bit perturbed. And it was another reason and another realization why Browns fans become a little sensitive, a little defensive about the Browns and where they're at in this division. Okay? I thought for a second I wanted to bring up on the show, I figured, no, this is going to be great for the podcast, is I heard what you said, what Dustin said the other day. What show was this that Dustin said this about the Steelers? It was just Bull and Fox on, I think, Friday or whatever when, you know, callers were calling up, ripping on the Steelers. All the national guys, Peter King says they're 18th, the Steelers. Oh, that, that was yesterday. And, oh, he had him, oh, I'm sorry, Peter King had him 19th. They might have been 19. talking about that on Friday, okay. but he had him yesterday. And, du- Dustin, morning in America. and Dustin's like, the Steelers really this down in terms of a brand? When have, when have they as an organization gotten stupid? Overnight, like they they still were a good team last year. They still won the division, and Big Ben's numbers, some of his numbers are still b- better than Baker's last year. And we think Big Ben's a bum, and we think Baker's elite. I don't, according to some fans, I don't mean to be na- that nasty towards Dustin because I, f- I have a feeling Keith Britton's on the other end of this, and he'll probably record this clip and play it on their show if I'm too nasty towards it. I just disagree. I think that they'll start off good. I think the Steelers will start off well. And I think that they can be out of 17 games now because we have to adjust for this. I think they can be 9-8. and eight. I think they'd be around 500. I know Ed Bouchette picked him to be 8-9, which is, you know, he's their, he's their preeminent beat writer on their on their media. That's got to be the worst in anybody in Pittsburgh has picked the Steelers in to finish quite a while. In, in a decade. Quite a while. More than that. And, and there's been times where I've agreed with Ed Bouchette and times where I've disagreed with Ed Bouchette. I, I, there was times where um, he thought they should tank it out I believe he was one of the people who thought that they should go after a quarterback the mm-hmm. year when Ben Roethlisberger got hurt, and I didn't agree with that. And I, I know that they didn't do too much, but they were able to get Minka Fitzpatrick, and and that guy's a good player. No matter what anybody wants to say, I thought it was a great pick. So I hear this, and then it, it still goes back to the whole Browns conversation, because the reason why some people have been defensive of the Browns is still you hear about 
people being bullish still about the Steelers. And I immediately thought of Dustin when I, – I, gosh, I, I hope I'm saying his name right. I'm probably not. The guy from pick six, and I've heard other ones go, well, the Steelers are going to be still 10-7. and seven. And eh, the Browns, you know, it, it's it's still a tight number. 11's a high number, and I know they got 11 last year, this, that, and the other. And then the conversation starts about Baker and about uh, about how he thought – Baker wilted in the postseason last year against Kansas City, which is an argument you and I have had because I thought it was more Kevin Stavansky. Than yeah, I didn't think he wilted. I well, I should say I, a discussion you and I have had, I, but yeah. we thought it was more Kevin Stavansky I, than Baker. I thought Baker looked fine in the postseason. I don't know. I, I don't know if I put him elite or anything like that, but I thought he looked fine. I thought the pick he threw. I think he was feeling it. I think it was not in the good terms. I think he was feeling the pressure going. We're down by a few scores here, yeah. and we are on the verge of getting ran out of this place. We need to push the ball down the field, and he imme- and then he threw a pick, and yes, it's just it didn't come back to haunt him either. Yeah, which was nice because Patrick Mahomes went down. Thank God. Mm. Oh, I shouldn't say thank God, but you get what. I'm oh, saying. I can. Yeah, well, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> and Harrison Bucker missed a couple of field goals, but mm-hmm. at that time, boy, it was starting to feel like this one could get away from you real quick. All of a sudden, and then he threw the pick, trying to make something happen. But I didn't think, other than that, I didn't think that Baker was bad or, or he wilted or anything like that. But one of the things that got brought up, and I, I just got frustrated because I watch Browns football, and you do too, it's the first priority and the last priority. I watch every other game, but I watch it on basically at a fast-forward, 40 minutes a game on the, on the game pass. The Browns, I will watch the regular full-timed broadcast twice by the time the coaches' film comes out. Then the coaches thing comes out, and that will be played, and I'll watch it. So that takes a few hours. Then you have the sped-up version. And then later in the week, I will be playing the game just in the background. There's There are times during the week during the season where it's just Browns games on my TV, in my office, from Extend Technologies. That's just playing there in the background. I'm not even looking at it. It's just going on, okay? And it's playing different ones. So I know my first and last priority are the Browns. So I'm going to know the Browns, and I'm immediately going to become defensive of the Browns because I watch them the way a lot of fans watch them, and even more so. But a guy like that, are you going to be able to watch every Browns game? So it's funny when when I go off and I maybe pop off about whatever team in the NFC, people go, Ken, that's not true. And their fans get mad. And I went, ah. Oh. And then history Plays, am I making any sense to you at all? Like, history plays into this. The Browns have historically not been a good franchise. The Steelers have been. And I think the Steelers are st- – I think they got a little bit better offensively with their weaponry. I think their offensive line could still be a struggle. I think their weaponry is really good. I, eh, I Well, no, I think their weaponry has been good. I just think their offensive line is still going to be a struggle. Like, you got Kevin Dotson back, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of guys back, but, man, they were asked to do a lot. And now without Pouncey and a couple other people, it's. I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle for them. I really do. And so now watching them and knowing that I think they are a 500 team, which is not good for Pittsburgh, and the Browns are better, it kind of irks me where it's like, ah, it's still the Steelers and it'll be okay. But I don't get the benefit of the doubt. I don't get that. I think part of it is they earned some benefit of the doubt when, and Mike Tomlin did when they went 500 with Mason Rudolph. That was That's true. That was insane I to me so. that they were able to pull that off. Now they were no threat. It wasn't like they were going to go anywhere. Uh, and, and, you know, hey, last year with Mason Rudolph, they almost beat us in Week 17, uh, and, and he played better than, you know, Big Ben did in the playoff game. I don't think either are very good. But so they've earned some benefit of the doubt. 
Now, the Browns have finally earned some benefit of the doubt with me. I don't know if they've earned benefit of the doubt with people outside of Cleveland that, yeah. aren't, that aren't already saying they're Super Bowl contenders or whatever because they'll say it's one year. Lots of teams have one year. And it's a rookie head coach that no one could game plan against. And now, you know, with all that on tape and they can see those bootlegs on tape, you know, they're going to be more physical with our wide receivers. That quick passing game, they're going to try to disrupt. There, mm-hmm. there will be – look, there, every team, there is a way to try to scheme up against. The good thing about the Browns is they will have countermeasures because they're so talented. If they weren't as talented, it's easy to say Stefanski would be able to scheme – but eventually, you got to have talent. Yeah. Right now, they have the talent. Will they have that talent three years from now, five years from now? I don't know. So that's why this is so critical that they You're do right. have those countermeasures, that they do have that running game, and that defensively, they're going to hopefully stay healthy. And so we can we can see this year, we can pounce. Because guy, this is a season where you want to pounce. The guy's name is Brian Diardo, by the way. And another thing I disagreed with him, I disagreed with him at first, but then I totally agreed with him on, is... He brought up the contract situation with Baker. And it's like, well, if he were that great right now, he would have already been paid. I go, Lamar Jackson has no new contract yet. And Josh Allen, two quarterbacks who, yeah, we we, high, we hold when we do our rankings are above Baker Mayfield right now. Those guys do not have restructured contracts or extensions or anything like that. Now, we might be talking differently about them even by the end of the summer. I think Lamar in the next month is going to get done. Okay, well, if Lamar gets done, that'd be great, the tea then that's great for us. But I also did – I totally agreed because I've said this before, and this is why I think Baker's contract is going to go the way of Dak Prescott. Now, Dak has good numbers. Baker's numbers were pretty good last year. Kept it in the single digits with picks, I believe, and had a, had a nice amount of touchdown passes. But I think their team and how good they are is what is important to Baker's contract. I know that doesn't make any sense. Hear me out. They got to win. Now, you could say, well, everybody's got to win. I think if you had a bad season, but Joe Burrow was great in year four, they're still going to pay Joe Burrow. If you didn't have a great season and, like, all of a sudden, like, say say the Bills waited out. Say they waited out another year. And say they're 500, but Josh Allen has a really good year. Who knows? They're still going to pay Josh Allen. I think with the Browns, because of the running game, because of the talent, like, you got to win. It, that 2019 season just sticks out in people's heads, and they go, if they signed a contract to him right now, well, I think they could because it would be a discounted contract to a, to a degree. If he signed a contract right now and he went out there and did anything like 2019, I'd be sick to my stomach, and the Browns would be sick to their stomach. If he goes out there and he's great and they win and they go to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl – like, it's going to come down to accomplishments. It really is. Because I think when you look at his stats, with how that team's built, I think his stats are just going to be above. I know you want the completions percentage to come up, and I do too. But if he's like at like 65% mm-hmm. and he has the same number, like Teddy Bridgewater, I think, threw for more yards, or maybe just under. Like, there were a couple of quarterbacks who threw for more yards who are not at anywhere near as good as Baker Mayfield. I was laughing that I told you Gardner Minshew yeah. had the same passer rating as Baker yeah. last year. And and But I think that it's going to come down to wins because they're such a balanced offense. And I, for whatever reason, this is why I get mad because I don't think people watch the Browns like we did last year. So you have people from the outside looking in. They look at stats. They look at some of the, the other numbers, the advanced metrics. And it still kind of th- shows a middle-of-the-road quarterback. 
but I think he's better than that. And I think a lot of fans, even you, like eleventh yeah. is not middle of the road. That's that's up. That's still franchise quarterback. When you had him at eleventh, that's a franchise quarterback, and he has a chance to get better. It's yes. not like I think yes. he's eleven and can never be better. Yes. So you have a franchise quarterback there, and I think that that will pay off over time. But they got to win because I I still think his numbers. They're probably not going to be great. I don't think he's going to throw 45 touchdowns yeah, that's, in six picks. That's why I don't think he's in the MVP running the way that some people are telling me he's going I don't, to be. I agree. I actually totally agree. He's and on such a loaded team. Yeah. And, I, you know, like I said earlier, the first eight games last year, Miles Garrett was their MVP. He's, yes. He's <laughs> he just was. He's polarizing both because of his stature. You know that's true. And because of his demeanor, that's true as well. He's polarizing there. I think people naturally want to take something away from Like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is a darling of everybody. I think people want to build Joe Burrow up. I think people want to build Justin Herbert up. I think there are certain QBs, and Baker was fantastic his rookie year. Justin Herbert broke that record. Justin Herbert was fantastic his rookie year. There were – Browns fans were pushing Baker Mayfield, and I know that he was in, like, the MVP conversation. He's in the MVP conversation this year. He's on the odds list. Just like he was coming out of, going into 2019, but there were people who there's something holding him back, and I don't think it's a personal dislike. I just think that there's some quarterbacks, Baker, Dak, a couple other guys, who we just do not want to push forward. Where it's very easy for for a media member to push a Justin Herbert forward. It's very easy for a media member because of what Joe he looks Burrow. like. Uh because I, just yeah, because they look more like a quarterback. Baker Mayfield looks like an experiment to some guys. This is a harsh truth to say, but they know Browns fans know I'm right. To certain outsiders, he looks like an experiment. Lamar Jackson was an experiment to 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 pundits before he took over that offense and before he proved it. And now a couple of people are questioning, including myself, like going, hey, is it is it really wide receiver one or is it is it on Lamar? We'll find out more this year. I still think it's probably on wide receiver one. I think it's a question we have to ask, though. Like, Lamar is an MVP. I think he's proved it. I do. But there are certain QBs that I think just Tua. Tua people are very mean towards Tua. Means, like, I think downright mean-spirited towards Tua Tungavailoa. It's like, it's been a, it's been a year. Yeah, you but know, we're, got, we're making he decisions. And, he got pushed in and pulled out. We're making decisions faster than we ever have. Here's what it's I want to know. It's true. Here's what I want to know about uh, the Browns situation, their organization. Do we think the Browns organization? And I know it's so it's so short and premature to do this, but when you're hearing the national guys credit your organization, yeah. you feel more confident uh, echoing some of the things, some of the sentiments that are out there. Mm-hmm. Do we think this organization is pretty smart? Yes. So what do we know about smart organizations? They're not comparing Baker the way fans are to past Browns no, quarterbacks. No. Like, Andrew Barry does not care that the Browns didn't have a good quarterback Col- play for 30 Col- years. Colt McCoy was somebody else's problem. Andrew Barry's as old as me. Andrew Barry was in his 20s when Colt McCoy played. He doesn't care. When I talk to people that are in that world of analytics in sports, and I know a few. I know a few that are respected, and there's information that they have about the way these – organizations, the way they pursue players, draft picks, free agents, the way they make decisions, also understanding how the salary cap weighs into it. I mean, I have, I've seen people say that those advanced analytical people are still not going to be all that infatuated with Baker. 
like the emotional people will, the Jimmy Haslam's, like how we envision Jimmy Haslam operating, that is, oh, my God, Pay Baker, he's amazing. I just saw them take the Browns to places we've never seen. Let's go. Let's go. Look at what he's done with the organization. Turn around. They're saying, the Paul D. Podesta, Andrew Barry are saying, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. And they're going to love. They're going to – it's going to be tough for them to separate what the system and Kevin Stefanski got out of that quarterback. And so I'm going to be really curious to see this year. I keep using the term if Baker has – or this this quality. If Baker Mayfield is the same quarterback this year as he was last year, overall numbers. Mm-hmm. Forget, like, good first half. I mean, not very good first half, great second half. Are they winning? I'm saying – same overall, same overall numbers, yeah. same overall analytical numbers, advanced metrics. And as far as winning, I think, let's say they get to the playoffs, maybe win a game, lose a game, kind of like this year. Mm-hmm. There are people in the analytical world saying the Browns should not pay that guy. They're going to say that have a choice. They're going to say that's. Stefanski scheming guys open on the goal line the way the way he did last year. Someone was open on every place, sometimes sometimes twice. Yeah. Best running game in football. Best offensive line in football, at least they graded out that way, PFF. Uh-huh. B- both in running uh-huh. and you never see that, by the way. Uh-huh. Both running and passing. But if Baker's still inaccurate, Baker still has those issues under pressure. He had some of the worst under pressure numbers in the league last year. He it's just he wasn't under pressure much. If he has those same numbers, they'll say you can't pay that guy. That's going to lead to a Carson Wentz, Jared Goff fiasco. I, well, I, and those I, guys got to those guys either helped their team get to the Super Bowl or got to the Super Bowl. And then, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo did go to the Super Bowl, and they look like they're done with him over the next year. That they'll say you're going to have all the bad without the good because Baker needs to get to the Super Bowl over the next two years. Yeah, gosh, it's, it just seems impossible. I think it's even more more so Jimmy Garoppolo than it is like if the Browns. Like, say he has the same numbers as the Browns go to the Super Bowl. Say they lose. Are we holding him in the same Garoppolo conversation? Like, there will be Garoppolo-esque conversations. No, if they get to the Super Bowl, fans will scream pay fans, that man. Fans. Fans. They will scream Guys like man. me will say pay that man. There will be people who go, well, you know, could they have done this? Now, I think it's – you're a Garoppolo guy, so I think you'll agree with me. It wasn't like he lost to Jared Goff. Garoppolo lost to the quarterback of the generation, to a tremendous team and to a tremendous coach. So when And he came eight minutes away from winning that Super Bowl. So when I hear some of the stuff I hear about Garoppolo, I roll my eyes. I really do. I think Garoppolo, if he were just healthy, the conversation may be different about him. So I really am a defender of Jimmy Garoppolo, and you have been as well. I think I may end up being a defender of Baker Mayfield because I still see this, and you're right. There would be analytical people saying, don't pay this guy. It's going to end up going down a bad road. And maybe the Browns listen, but I think that turns into just, again, the Dak Prescott conversation. I've been warning you since last football season that this is going to go the way Dak Prescott goes, where where it's a big fight over money, how much money he deserves. Will our fans think that's not, a bad thing? I think fans, right, because we've never been through this before, I think they will. Like, there is, as much as we ridicule Cowboys fans, like, they went through this with Tony Romo, and Tony Romo's a good quarterback, and Dak Prescott's a good quarterback, too. So, But they have a little bit more experience with this than we do. Like, they, I told you about the guy who was willing to fistfight anybody on the cruise ship about Tony Romo, of all people. Like, they became very they, – there is a – they had their Browns-Baker moment with Tony Romo, even though they already had Troy Aikman, but it was still a while between Aikman and Romo. They had their Browns-Baker-Mayfield moment with Romo. 
with Dak, I felt I did feel listening to their radio and, and seeing their writing, they did draw on that experience with Romo. Well, we're going through ours right now. And it's like, okay, we can win games with Baker. Romo was better statistically, I'm willing to guess, right off the top of my head. But, man, you look at Baker and the arguments that we talk about with Baker, I'm telling you, it's the same damn thing with the Dallas Cowboys. Well, his offensive line's great, and they were. Well, he's got great wide receivers, and he does. And he had the best running back for a year. He had the best running back, the best for, running back for a year, year and a half, yep. and then all these other things happened. He got lazy. He did. Sorry, Buckeyes fans. You know I'm right. And then the defense was garbage last year. Best offensive line in football. Running back, way better than Zeke Elliott. Way better work ethic. Great running back. Best One of the best running backs in football, though. A defense, we called him garbage last year. Mm-hmm. Coach, all right, everybody's going to hold Kevin Stefanski in a much higher, much higher realm than Jason Garrett. I think, though, that's where the owner comes into play. Because I know Jimmy's been hands-on. He's not anywhere near what that guy is. He's not anywhere near what that guy is. And when the players know that when the players know that the owner is picking them when when he's the general manager, I just think that's a recipe for not disaster because they haven't been a total disaster. He's been a good drafter. He, he's actually he been, been he's actually but, been better than any Browns GM we had had before the string but of Dorsey. It usurps it usurps power. And I think it naturally leads to anything where you go, because I think every coach's question, I think Belichick's question, all the way down to brand new head coaches. Yeah, you saw, you saw Stefanski, methods. not with yes. Browns fans, but the honeymoon was over with some people yes. in the Chiefs game with yes. some of the play calls down the There stretch. were people who thought that, that yeah. Alex Van Pelt should be the play caller here. Mm-hmm. And, may, and who knows, by the end of next year, maybe we'll feel that way. I don't, I don't think so, but still. So it can you, change fast with coaches. Let's put it that but way. But when you have an owner where, where the players and everybody knows that the players are being picked by the owner, the owner doesn't want to say that he picked bad players, and he's had good drafts. You're right. But the owner doesn't want to say that he picked bad players. So immediately the players, empowered by the owner, knowing that you're the you're the owner's guy, what's that do for your head coach? And it happened, it happened to everybody. It happened to Wade Phillips. It happened to Jason Garrett. It's already happened to Mike McCarthy. The only person it didn't happen to was the guy who had the power, and that was Bill Parcells. And that goes all the way to this situation with the Browns and where the Browns are the Cowboys in a lot of ways. Here's where I am most intrigued, again, going back to the type of front office we have on paper. They haven't been around all that long. I know Deep Podesta's been here and Andrew Berry was here in the past, but they haven't been around all that long. It's tough to see what their big thought process is. We saw those guardrails and everything, but mm-hmm. what their big processes are going forward. The question is, would a would an analytical front office, because people got mad at us for ranking where Baker was, and they said, why does it matter? Well, it matters because... Well, we're having fun. Well, but here's why it matters. <laughs> There's a big difference between having a top five quarterback and just the 10th best quarterback. There is a difference because a top five quarterback is closer to elite. Elite quarterbacks give you the most runway, the most amount of years where you, depending on what your team is around you, can still give you good seasons. As you fall further down, you can't make up for that. You can't make up for that. That's why there's a huge difference in this league. Would an analytical front office, the way that these guys operate, the way we know they operate right now, would they want to give top three money to a 10th quarterback? No. And what makes some you, people say they have no choice. Well, I don't know. 
Real quick, I'll tell you about this because it doesn't have to be a great big process when it comes to Extend Technologies. You're talking about great big processes. Let me tell you right now, it doesn't have to be that way. If you want Tony to just take over, you can. If you want to be in on the ground floor of all the minutia of what you do with AV, what you do with great surround sound, home automation, and a patio that's par excellence. You go with Extend Technologies, of course. The whole odyssey, Anthony, starts online, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com, and then what else comes along? Well, what's incredible is when you go to the showroom and actually see what they can do, and you'll be blown away, obviously, going to their home theater setup, which is better than any movie theater you could ever be in. I I said, Tony, are you sure that the neighbors uh, here right next to you are not going to call the police on how loud this is? He goes, oh, we had to... We had to really take care of that, and they're used to it by now. We've built up a wall system. Like, they can do anything. That's the thing. They can solve any problem. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in, what kind of house you're in, uh, what your setup is. They can still give you state-of-the-art. We are talking the top-of-the-line technology and make sure that you're going to be the envy of your neighborhood, of your family, of your friends. That, my friends, is why you go to Extend Technologies. And let me tell you, uh, the who's who of Northeast Ohio have already made that call and have seen that showroom, so it's good enough for them. It's definitely going to be good enough for you. It's going to be fantastic. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. I, this is why I think you're going to be right in the long term. I, 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 roll my, I want to roll my eyes and disagree with you now. You're going to be right. I think we're seeing more teams. You said this during the season last year. I, we've never seen this amount of teams that are okay with losing. There's never been, like, the Browns were, like, the first ones to it. Like well, there's overtly like the like you could say the Colts, all right. Um, the Colts would before Andrew Luck, a couple of other teams here and there certainly, but just like hey, we're playing for three years from now, we're not playing for right now. And the Jags did that, and the Jets did mm-hmm. that, and a couple other teams. Dolphins got, tried the to. The Dolphins yeah. tried to. I think the Lions are kind of in this weird spot where they don't want to, but they might have to. Um, Texans are going to be this way coming up this year where they're trying to recoup draft picks and doing that. 100%. Deshaun Watson still doesn't want to play there. And I think that you're going to look at analytical people going, the market's not changing. I I have to pay. If the guy I don't think is Mahomes, then I'm still going to have to pay that guy top market money. But if I don't think he's Mahomes, he's not going to be able to get me over the hump and we're not going to be able to replace players and just go on his talent. And so that means that what you say is true, that teams are going to abandon quarterbacks sooner than they ever have, which they already are. We're seeing it. Which we're already seeing it. They're going to abandon quarterbacks sooner than we've ever seen, which they already are doing, and that means they're going to go find their own Mahomes. Now, I think that's silly. I really think that's silly because a guy like Mahomes doesn't fall off a tree. Sure, but do you think the Eagles, that was a mistake to move on from Wentz when it looked like it was pretty broke? No, 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 no. Because they're doing what a lot of analytical people are saying to do. Like, why are you – don't do this. Don't don't hold on to something that you know in your heart isn't going to get you over the hump, especially because you have to pull away salary to meet your cap demands. So if you can't trust this guy, why are you paying him $40-plus million a year? And the market's only going to go up. They're only making more money, so the cost is going to become even more prohibitive because the quarterback's still got to get paid, and you're still going to pay these guys, and they know you're getting TV dollars, but this cap – well, the cap, we keep hearing now that the cap's not going to take this big jump in 2020, 2022. And it might not even take that big of a jump in 2023, even after the Amazon deal. And I look at it and go, how's that possible? Well, the owners are the ones who are in charge of that. So now you're going to look at it and say, Mahomes is worth the money. 
Watson, if he got his head out of the clouds right now, would be worth the money, but I have to pull him out of that conversation. There's like three other guys who are worth the money, and then everybody else is just, I think, going to be given up on sooner than later. And teams are going to go, if it's not worth it, if we know that this quarterback after three years is not going to get us over the or keep us keep us solvent about this? while the team around while we have to pull guys away, we're just going to restart this. Thing. Do you think Ballard's pretty good in Indy? Yes, they're on their third quarterback in three yeah. years, and if Wentz is bad this year, they'll be on their fourth next year. I, well, it's not just Ballard; they have talent. They yeah. have talent. They have drafted very well. Ballard's been good, and Andy Andrew Luck. Don't take this the wrong way. Andrew Luck did what he had to do. I don't think he owed the Colts anything. Your body's your body. Your health is your health. And if he's comfortable with it, fine. But he did pull the rug out from under him. He did. And Chris Ballard has done a great job drafting. They got Darius Leonard, and that guy looks like he could. He might be able to reinvigorate the linebacker market. But their work that Frank Reich has done with their quarterbacks, that's why I think I think Frank Reich is underrated in a lot of ways, and might be the best coach in football. Well, we're about to find out how much Carson Nets really really needs him Yeah. after what happened with Carson last he, year, who looked totally broken. It, Frank Reich's been a car, coach of the year guy, but I think Frank Reich's the most underrated coach in football. That's the team I'm kind of nervous about. Like, what if, what if Carson Wentz just becomes the Carson Wentz of old, and it's underneath Frank Reich? I think Frank Reich's going to give him the best chance to do that. But I, th- I think you're right. I think teams are going to start to bail on QBs more, and – I, I want to pay attention to what's going on with the Jets. Like, you have a young QB, and Joe Douglas said it himself. You have a chance to reset the franchise. One of these general managers here, I think over the next decade, is going to get a wild hair up their ass, and they're going to say, we don't need to pay a quarterback. Let's get in while the getting's good with a QB under a rookie contract, and then let's go find another quarterback. Let's trade up, use picks, go find that quarterback. Well, look at these systems. Or dime it out systems. for a year and be in a good spot to take a quarterback. Like, we all we all love Baker's top-end talent. Uh-huh. We all love his arm strength and his ability to make some plays on the run. You're like, oh, my God, how many guys in the league could do that? But in the end, their most successful stuff with Baker last year was what? It's play action. Mm-hmm. Shanahan has done play action with so many quarterbacks in so many teams, and, and we are seeing Minnesota – We've seen it. We we are just seeing so many teams just go that's, play action, and that's system stuff. And we know Baker's better than a system quarterback. People get mad when they say it, uh, but but it, they're still running that stuff. That was the most successful stuff Baker did all year was system quarterback things. And that's why that's why you and I got so angry about the Mac Jones stuff. And then people, of course, after the pick was made, oh, of course you guys couldn't believe Mac Jones. Hey, you guys were saying Mac Jones was going there. Don't even sit there and tell me that. But Trey Lance, big, athletic, on play action, on boot, that makes sense. For Baker, Still I know he's Justin not. Justin Fields would have looked better doing that. Me too. I do too. We'll find out. And he'll have his chance in boot and play action for, in Chicago. This is going to be on Matt Nagy. But I also think that Baker, if, if it works, you can go ahead and you can do that. And that's, I think that's going to be fine. Boy, we got really into the deep stuff there, didn't we? All right, do people prefer that or no? We'll see. Because we want those emails. you got to email us to be part I, of the show. We had that email last week that if we get to it on Thursday, yeah. uh, oh, somebody needs congratulations some, on all your success. Yes, we're doing that segment. Somebody has some dating. It was needed some dating advice. You, mm, I still need to discuss that with you off the air. There's, there's something else. I brought up on the air, and I was at a certain place that I go to every day that mm. I can't tell you but talk about on air because I'm too bashful. I was at that place, and I thought about something I said to you on the air yesterday, and I kind of regretted it. Okay. 
it was uh, I can't even tell you about it on I can't even tell you about the podcast on the podcast. You can tell me anything at any time. You know, it's been late at night. You're with somebody. You've had a couple of too many drinks. Kind of brought that to the air yesterday, and I felt bad. Oh, no, don't worry. That was your private personal business. Oh, I don't care. You really don't? No. Okay. Uh, Are we going to tell everybody that we're going on a trip soon? Is it official? Are we locked in? I think it's official with me. If it's official with you, I think there's like one more bridge we have to cross, and that's with – that's with the head honcho. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Road tripping for some college football in the fall to yep. kick off the season. Yep. I didn't want to go to Morgantown. I'm sorry. You can. Why? Why would you not want to go to Morgantown? Uh, it's just going to turn into a big high school reunion. It'd be a fun-ass fun ass trip. <laughs> it doesn't take that long to get to Morgantown. Some people are acting like it's four hours. It takes two hours to get to Morgantown. And it takes even less time to get to XTENDAV.com. Lima, tell them about the website. Tell them about what you can get. Well, when you go to the website, the first thing you'll notice is how professional they are, no matter what you need. And we talk, obviously, a lot of home theater. We talk a lot of patio. But they do automation. And anybody who's seen what they do automation-wise, how seamlessly they are able to apply it to your home with a great, uh, could be digital touch center with a remote control. Uh, They put it on the wall and secure it nicely. It looks so beautiful. But they also do surveillance. They also do lighting. They do everything, and you'll notice that when you go to their website, we're talking 10-plus years in the business, and they continue to grow, and they continue to put smiles on the faces of anybody that goes to their incredible showroom. Guys, you're just going to love it. What my friend is trying to say is that it's really, really cool. Online first, XTENDAV.com. Then you stop on into the beautiful showroom at Broadview Heights, and you go on in there, and you're going to love it. You're going to love everything they have to offer there, and you're going to come away with something great. Something great for your living room, something great for your bedroom, or something great for your patio. Oh, yeah. Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Does he, he doesn't really want us to talk about this, does he? Is what's, he being sarcastic? What's that? You didn't see the link that Keith just sent us? Oh. Well, maybe next time. I mean, I have a personal story to share with this. I know you. I know. I, do we save it for the next segment? Save it for the next one. All right. When we come back for the, we might end up doing this on the air too. You, that, you never know what you're going to get here on the fan with Ken Carmen and Anthony Lane. All right. It seems that the Saints owner, Gail Benson, that's her first name, right? Gail Benson, yeah. One of her Yorkies was mauled by dogs that were off, off, uh, mm-hmm. off leashes. I had a similar situation like this happen to my dog, but in reverse in North Ridgeville. Sammy's a black lab mix. He's mixed with a German Shepherd. Sam is a large dog. Sam has actually killed animals and presented them to me on my doorstep. Oh, that's before. a good egg. He's killed a couple of birds, and he's actually killed two squirrels. And so I'm just going to let you know that we had almost my own version of the North Ridgeville torso killer right there between two dogs in my backyard. That's coming up on the Thursday edition of the emerging podcast scene with Ken Carmen and Anthony Limer presented by Extend Technologies on 92.3 The Fan Extra. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.